Welcome to Wow Talk, Woman of Wellness. Hi there, my name is Donna. And my name is Darlene. And Darlene, today we are going to do one of our 30 tips from 30 years of practice. Absolutely. Your practice. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to share some of the golden nuggets. And I brainstormed one day 30 things that just went flying out of my head that I wanted to share. And today is one of those health tips that we're going to share in our series out of the 30. Yes. And it's an interesting topic. <laughs> and one that gets, I don't know, a lot of different reactions, I would say. Yeah. So we thought of all different things we could call it. Anything from what are you pooping to poop talk to what should we call it for real? I like poop talk. And, okay. and I love watching the reactions on people's faces when I ask. And the, the cutest is the school-age children. They look at me like, how dare she ask me that in public? But uh, we have a lot of fun with it. But, but seriously, the uh, description of your stool is very, very descriptive of your health. And two tips about the digestive system that people, listeners, should really know. Do you realize that 80% of your immune system is your gut health? and your status of probiotic beneficial bugs that live in your gut? Okay, I didn't know that, and I've known you a long time. That's huge. Not quite 30 years, so this is what I'm missing okay. those 10 years. Holy. Yeah, and <sighs> the other sub-tip of this tip is that over 80 to 90% of your neurotransmitters are made in your gut, so mental health doesn't happen in the brain. It's actually the gut that controls the brain. So people with mental health issues, you need to talk about your gut. Exactly. And we do have an episode on that. It's called Gut Health, I think, something like that. And uh, sorry, I don't know it off the top of my head, but you can scroll down and you'll see from last season where we talk all about that in greater detail. That's right. So people don't realize that poop matters more than you think. Yes, it does. And so I'm going to say something really funny. And I always warn people before I say this. And I tell them, if you put your finger in your mouth and your finger was long enough, it would come out your backside. So that is the digestive system. It's like this tunnel that goes down the center of the body which means that the human body is actually in the shape of a weird shaped donut. And wow. so that digestive system or digestive tract, that tunnel that goes down, I often also refer to it as the assembly line. And so there's different checkpoints starting with what did you eat? How did you chew? How are your teeth? What happened in the first 20 minutes? That's your stomach. What happened just after that? When your liver and pancreas get a turn digesting the different parts of your dinner plate. And then what happens in the small intestine where your bugs live. And then what happens in the large intestine. And then what comes out. So what comes out is very revealing. Okay, so I'd like you to explain what you mean by that and how we would even know to look at what comes out how we can even interpret that or if we need to take it even deeper or to another level. And I will never eat another meal again without <laughs> thinking about that assembly line. Oh my goodness, what a great, yeah. a great thing. 
Yeah. So, so, but you made a really great point there is first you have to look. So I've discovered that a lot of people don't look right. And, um, and what you're looking for, what is normal? Let's start with okay. what is normal. Good one. So I usually simplify it and say medium brown shaped banana would be normal. And there should be no visible food. There should be no blood or mucus. It um, may sink or float depending on what's going on. And there should be nothing on the toilet paper when you wipe. And the person who goes to the bathroom after you almost doesn't even know that you had a bowel movement. So there's not much odor. So it's not thin like a pencil. It's not broken into balls. It does stay together when it falls in the water. If you see food in the stool, if you see pieces of lettuce and red peppers, it means you're not digesting those foods, those carbs, right? If you see very dark stools, very high odor, that represents that you're not digesting your proteins. If you're very gassy and bloated, it could mean that you're lacking probiotics. And usually when you're lacking the good bugs, it implies that there might be some bad bugs that moved in. So you might need a reset of your bug health. If the stools are very thin, then that means that the colon is in spasm and it's squeezing tight. And so the stools are coming out much thinner than they should be. And if you are not having enough fiber, you might find that the stools are not as bulky as they should be. When you see mucus, the, the body makes mucus to protect itself when it's being irritated or challenged by something. So the mucus is there because the lining is being inflamed or damaged uh, by something. And that could be the food that you're eating or a food sensitivity. And antibiotics very commonly affect people's digestive system because antibiotics kill bacteria but that's not exclusive to just killing the bad bacteria that are giving you an infection. They also significantly kill the good bacteria that you preferred to keep, right? Yeah, yes, I've often heard that. Well, I've always heard that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so recent studies are saying that one round of antibiotics can affect your gut health with the bug selection and the, and the number of good bugs in your belly can be affected for as long as two years and that some of the probiotics the beneficial bugs may not even be capable of restoring themselves so so antibiotics should really be used few and far between when it really matters yes yeah and exactly. and for listeners who are having issues with their digestive system it helps a lot to notice the timing right so if someone says i have these symptoms in the first 30 minutes of after I've had a meal, then that could have more to do with the lack of digestive enzymes because the first 30 minutes, the food is in the stomach. But also in the first zero to five minutes, you could be having allergic reactions. So food sensitivity can happen in the stomach in the first 30 minutes, but it's not life-threatening and closing off your breathing and it's not that scary, dangerous no. type of a reaction. But most IgG food sensitivities are happening in the small intestine. So the problem is 30 minutes or longer since you last ate that food. Right? Okay. And um, there's a lot of patients, listeners, who are missing a gallbladder. 
Oh, yeah. 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 So we did a whole other episode on that. But when your gallbladder is missing, that interrupts the natural flow of when the bile should be there and how much. And and just because your gallbladder is removed doesn't mean that you are making better quality bile from now on. If you had gallstones, it was because the bile was not the right chemical constituency. Yes. Often having too high calcium content, therefore turning into rocks, right? And without a gallbladder, it can really throw off the function of digestion, which Mm -hmm. is the top half. Digestion is how your body chops food into smaller pieces, preparing it for the next step in the small intestine, which is absorption where you pull the nutrients, you grab the iron and you bring it into your blood, right? Yes. And with the colon, that's the last strip of that assembly line is letting go of all the leftovers, right? Yes. Exactly. And what is it when somebody's losing all, like those, the good stuff's going into the colon? Because I'm sure that happens, that it all, that sometimes the body isn't absorbing all the good stuff, right? Correct. That somehow it's missing the mark. Correct. So we call that leaky gut syndrome. So when the lining has been damaged. Okay. And there's two popular reasons that the gut lining would be damaged. And that would be what we call parasites. So infections. And the second reason would be food sensitivities, IgG reactions. And those two situations cause leaky gut syndrome. So it's not usually one turning point incident. It just kind of slowly happens with time. And there could be a turning point. It could be that you were fine with shellfish until that trip to Mexico. Now that we actually pull the conversation apart a little bit, like how long has that been happening? Oh, for like two years. Well, what happened two years ago? I don't know. I was in Mexico. Oh yes, I had a little bit of food poisoning and I've never been the same since. Well, funny you should say that because mine was chemotherapy. There you go. And I have never been the same since. There you go. It was after my very first treatment. There you go. Had a bit of seafood chowder. That's never been the same since. Yeah. 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 And I couldn't even isolate it to what it is exactly. I've just realized um, we're just going to call it shellfish in general because Mm. I've tried to experiment to see if I could, was it scallops? Is it calamari? Like, what is it? But no, it's the whole. The whole category is just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I see in my clinic that most chemotherapies are affecting the small intestine and your okay. ability to sustain your probiotic status because the gut lining is showing symptoms of inflammation. And of course, radiation can do the same thing. Yes. And scar tissue and injuries. So the top two for most people is dysbiosis, which means imbalance of the bugs. It also goes by the name of parasites. Yes. And um, or stealth infections that are like hidden infections. So there's a few different ways of describing the same thing that get confusing to my patients. But I like to keep things simple and understandable. And I call it bug balance. Kill the bad guys, plant the good guys. Bring the good guys in. Yeah. Yes. So I have two questions. I'm going to ask them both because I know I'll forget the second one if I don't. The first one is, what does IgG stand for? And my second question is, now that you've described what should be normal or healthy, Mm -hmm. what should we do when we take a look and it's 
none of those things you you described or it is some of the things you described like the things that aren't so healthy so yeah okay so so igg is an antibody and that's made by your immune system to specifically hook up with an antigen so for instance in your case with shellfish that your immune system changed one day and decided shellfish was not your friend anymore. Yes. And your immune system said, I've got these custom-made soldiers that are called IgG antibodies. And every time Donna eats shellfish, the soldiers are going to multiply and come out for war. And they're going to come and they're going to get into little fist fights with all the little pieces of shellfish. And <laughs> I love this, though. It's a great visual. <laughs> and these brawling little uh, partners are um, especially happening. That little war is going on, especially in the lining of the small intestine. But those little teamed up antibody antigen complexes, as they're called, they can also circulate three dimensionally through the body and cause symptoms anywhere beyond just digestive system. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's the definition of IgG. And um, what was the other question? <laughs> that's great. That does make me feel better. I actually remember. I got so into the IgGs. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> okay. You had described what is a healthy stool. So should we take a look? And it doesn't look healthy based yes. on what you told us it should look like. What should we do? What do you do? Exactly. Well, a lot of people self-prescribe. Yes. And there's no harm in buying yourself a probiotic. And that's fine. So, and there are herbal teas that will settle the stomach. And, and if it's been going on for a long time, or if you see blood, and if you see aggressive, painful things, you, you need a health professional to help you. And... There are a lot of things that naturopaths find that medical doctors don't. So a medical doctor may do blood work, may do an ultrasound, and they'll rule out the bigger problems and diagnoses and more life-threatening things. But there's a huge world of people who have what's called irritable bowel syndrome. And syndrome means a pattern of symptoms that doesn't have a clear medical diagnosis. And those are the people who fall through the cracks. Those people can be very symptomatic, very frustrated. It can greatly reduce your quality of life, but you don't have a diagnosis. And so naturopaths always get those people in their offices. So we become masters of uh, people with syndromes and we do some tests in the private labs. And in my clinic, I have the live cell microscope where we take a finger drop of blood and look at digestive information there. There are also... Sorry, I didn't know you could do that with blood work. I didn't realize that it actually showed digestive information. Yes, hmm. yes, it shows it shows a fair bit about the digestive function. And there are also some private labs in Canada now that do very high-end stool tests that go far beyond our government-funded stool tests that are for free. And so you can look at the stool and to your naked eye, it's normal according to what I said a few minutes ago. But if you sent a sample to the lab, the lab would say, oh no, you could work on this, you could work on that. So for instance, if there was a lot of colon cancer in your family history, this is something that you might choose for prevention. So you're not having the symptoms, 
you feel fine. And there's a very big blind spot that if you go and do a test or two that have to do with health and function, nutrition, digestion, the kind of tests naturopaths do, then you might find something that you could be working on. That is great. Mm -hmm. And that could that could be a lifesaver. I was going to say a game changer, but a lifesaver, really. Exactly, exactly. Wow. And, and even in the world of cancer prevention, it's standard here in Canada that the government and the medical doctors start looking for you as soon as you pass age 50. Come on in. Let's go yes. shopping for polyps in your colon because they do not cause any symptoms. But having those growths inside your colon on the wall, those can become cancerous. But yeah. if you remove them at an early stage, that's prevention of colon cancer with a knife and a medical doctor. And that's prevention too. Yes. Right? Yeah. So um, prevention's great. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is there anything else you would like to um, talk about regarding poop? Yes. I want to mention babies. Okay. Yes. So with babies, the same thing applies, except their poops, especially when there's a large percentage of their diet that would be breast milk, then obviously the in baby on a liquid diet is not going to have the most solid stool. But as they start eating and introducing foods, then you'll start seeing it kind of transform into more solid stools. Yes. And I remember, um, <laughs> dare I say, my mother-in-law, would babysit for me and I told her I'm a naturopath I have this food list according to when my baby's immune system is ready for the next food and this month my baby's only allowed to have these foods and you can't give her the nine-month food at six-month food and yeah. so here I am trying to be this great mom and really needed the child care and and I would get my baby back from the mother-in-law and I would say which part of this does she not understand that if I see the spinach in my baby's diaper, that maybe the baby's not ready for spinach, right? So, <laughs> oh, so let's keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. And, and also with babies and diaper changes, their little bottoms are not supposed to be red. Okay. Right? Yes. And so if you see redness, if you see gas, if you see pain, if you see colic, if you see food in the diaper, if, if the stool is green and not brown or that lighter brown on milk mm -hmm. uh, on breastfed babies, something isn't going well in their digestive system. So then would it be wise then to go see your naturopath or your medical doctor at that point if you see something like that? Well, what I what I just described is more dysfunction okay. rather than disease. So, okay. so a medical doctor, they're catching on and, and they're starting to acknowledge, get a probiotic. But when I started working, they, they didn't even take that step. So, so they're getting really, yeah. those bridges are building between our two professions, which is amazing. And so, so it's more of a naturopathic thing that typically if you go to a medical doctor, the medical doctor says, that's fine. Yeah. You know, and um, and there is one more silly little tip that I want to include as far as what is normal. Humans do not digest corn. So if you see corn, that is still normal. So to see little pieces of corn chunks in your stool, um, don't worry about that. Wow. 
that's good to know. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is we didn't even say the word constipated at all in this show. So I'm going to say it now. So once again, you were talking about self-prescribing. I know that we don't recommend that on regularly, but in something, no pun intended. Um, but but in, in this instance, we're, you're saying probiotics is great. There are herbal teas. Are you referring to herbal teas in a case where the stool might be hard or, you know, or having trouble going? What about people that aren't going? Yeah, no, yeah. no. When I when I used the word herbal tea, I was thinking ginger, peppermint, yes. dandelion, chamomile. There's different teas for different steps along the assembly line. Okay, yes. But no. you're right. There there are a lot of people who buy these laxative teas. Yes. And there's different versions of constipation. Yes. So so what do you mean by constipation? There are some people who skip days or multiple days and then I ask them do you feel the urge to go but nothing comes out or there's no urge at all so for the people who do not even have the urge to go and they know they should be going more often we often call that lazy bowel mm -hmm. and it can be due to certain nutritional deficiencies where you have lazy or imbalanced uncoordinated muscle squeeze and push um, in the large intestine. And most of those laxative teas are pushing the large intestine. But if the constipation is higher up, if all the food is traffic jammed in the small intestine, it didn't even show up in the large intestine. So to take some tea that squeezes the large intestine to explode stuff oh. out, it's not even there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and also on this note, as um, as a naturopath, we believe in a holistic definition of the body. It doesn't have to be anything to do with food or bugs or parasites or magnesium. It could actually be a pinched nerve in your low back. So with the wow. babies, constipated babies, a lot of the times I find it's when they're going into the next stage of their development. So when they're figuring out how to sit for the first time and then they figure out how to crawl for the first time and then they roll off the bed one day and then they're figuring out how to walk so every time they go to that next stage they could actually have a spinal misalignment and they might just need a little tweak like adjustment an adjustment yeah. of their low back and boom they go in the diaper on the table in the chiropractic office it's like magic it's like a light switch oh man that's fascinating mm -hmm. And what about the opposite? If somebody goes way too often, the stools are too loose, what do you recommend? Well, that's usually when the intestines are more actively inflamed. Yes. And there's something that at that moment or for a period of time is really upsetting the lining and it's, in, it's, it's inflamed. And, and I tell patients, even one aggressive bowel movement let's say like with food poisoning and it's like all of a sudden mm -hmm. that one aggressive bowel movement can just aggressively just, you know, shoot out all the stool and strip the probiotics off of the intestines oh. um, even in one day. And I, I know that based on the examination of the abdomen in an appointment. So that's that's why sometimes you, you actually need the appointment. So I listen to the bowel sounds and I feel the abdomen to see if there's anywhere that feels colder than the, you know, the location above or below or hot. So sometimes I'll feel the small intestine 
let's say, in the person who has a, a bad case of diarrhea, I would usually listen to their belly and not hear sufficient gurgly background noise because the bacteria levels are too low. Mm-hmm. And it might feel hot right around the belly button in the surface body temperature. And it might feel tender when I just gently press, right? Okay. So so good physical exam is pretty good. Not everybody needs every test I know about in private lab. Sometimes just a good case history and uh, a physical exam of the area in question can tell us a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like we've just scratched the surface on this topic. However, we did cover a lot of ground at the same time. Mm-hmm. So unless you have anything else to add, if you have any questions to our listeners, please send them in. Uh, Dr. Gustin would be more than happy to answer them for you. And she'd be more than happy to see you in her clinic as well. So thank you once again for listening. And enjoy looking at your poop. <laughs> <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Bye.